and welcome back to the Social Disease Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Jasper. And today we are going to be talking about Emma, Manny, Peter, Snake, and Spike, who are our last characters for season five. Finally. <laughs> it feels like it was forever, and it kind of was. So today we're going to break it up a little differently because they're all connected really well. So we're not really going to do it by character as much, but kind of by the plots. And we're going to split a summary in half. So it's going to be kind of exciting. <laughs> At least, I, I don't know. I think so. Uh, Jasper is probably like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we're just splitting the whole series of events chronologically in half. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of stuff even though it kind of seems like there's not a lot of stuff. It's like weird watching it because I felt like I went through it quickly, but there's just so much to talk about with them. Yes, so let's get started. So the season, season five starts off with a bang, of course, with Manny Santos deciding that she's going to be an actress. And so she tries to go get this fancy schmancy agent. I forget her name, but she is an awful human being. She calls Manny fat and tells her that she needs to lose some weight. And she's also low-key racist, too. <laughs> and so because of this, Manny gets an appointment or I guess a consultation for plastic surgery. And she puts down a deposit to, I forget exactly what she was trying to do. But of course, her dad finds out because she put it on the credit card. And then her dad calls her a slut. And so Manny is understandably upset that her dad called her a slut. So she runs off to Peter's party. Peter is the new kid in town. And Emma has a very big crush on him. And so Manny goes to the party. She gets very, very drunk. And her and Peter end up being the last people at the party. And so Peter takes advantage of Manny a little bit. Peter is completely sober and realizes that Manny is very drunk and vulnerable and convinces Manny to take off her shirt on camera, saying that she is going to be famous. Truly iconic, but for all the wrong reasons. And so the next day, Manny does not remember. She completely blacked out. And so Peter blackmails Manny with this video of her by saying that he will send it to the school unless she goes on a date with him. And Manny, of course, refuses because Peter is gross. And so Peter distributes the video to the entire school. Everyone sees it. Manny gets ostracized again. She gets kicked off the spirit squad by Paige. Everyone is being awful to her in the hallways and such. Even Emma is mad at her at first because she stripped for Peter, who was Emma's crush. And at the same time, or I guess later that day, Manny gets kicked out of her house by her dad not because of the video came out, but because Manny is intent on being an actress. And Manny's dad does not think that that is a reasonable career path for a woman. And so Manny gets kicked out and she goes to Emma's house. And then Emma is at first mad at her, but then she understands that Manny was very drunk and Peter took advantage of her. And so Emma actually becomes pretty supportive, at least in this episode. And Manny moves in to the Emma Nelson slash Simpson house. And so from there, Manny gets together with Craig, which we talked about in one of our earlier episodes. 
Um, it's just the whole Manny, Craig, Ellie love triangle. That's not super relevant to this story, but Manny is with Craig at this point. And so Emma is single and Manny and Craig try and set Emma up with Derek just because, I don't know, they want Emma <laughs> to not be the third wheel <laughs> on all of their <laughs> dates. And so Emma goes on the date with Derek and it's an awful time. And also in this episode, Emma is kind of not flirting with Peter at this point, but she's talking to him like they're doing like a relay for life type of thing together. And so Peter is flirting with Emma, but Emma is pissed at him over the whole Manny situation. And Peter asks Emma out on a date. And then Emma joins him on the date after leaving the date with Derek. But Emma tells Peter that he is on probation. And so from there, they're not officially together yet, but it's kind of the case that Emma is being a bit hot and cold with Peter. She's flirting with him, but she isn't really committing to being with him or anything. And so Peter kind of slut shames her and calls her a tease. And so Emma gets pissed at this. And then she makes a plot with Manny to get a naked picture of Peter on her brand new camera phone <laughs> uh, to kind of get some revenge for what he did to Manny. And so Emma goes to Peter's party that he was having that day and then kind of seduces him and makes out with him in his closet of a room. And when she notices that he lives in a closet, she feels bad for him and relates to that because she was moved to the basement after baby Jack was born. And so Emma takes a shirtless picture of him, but she does not send it anywhere. She cherishes it and does not tell Manny that she actually got it. And that is where our midway point is going to be. All right. Obviously, we got to start with Manny here because she starts off the season strong by just giving me one of my favorite lines. I'm going to be an actress or whatever. I don't even know. It was just crazy, that whole thing. But I mean, first of all, she's rich, apparently, right? <laughs> like That's what I'm kind of getting at. Like She must have made bank from this movie or at least a decent amount of money. Yeah, I think the plastic surgery, they said it was like $6,000. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. So she probably made at least like 10K, which I feel that's pretty small for a movie, but. I mean, for like a first time actress, like proud of her, love that for her. I don't love that she even wants plastic surgery, but I guess I feel like it's kind of a realistic thing for people who want to go into like show business and stuff to like want to fix themselves. So. And I feel like what time period is this? Early 2000s? Very fitting. Yeah, like 2005. Yeah, so not shocked that she wants what? Was she getting a boo job? I think she wanted the stupid Asian tells her to dump the lumps, which I think is her butt. But then the plastic surgery guy was like, you know, you could actually use bigger boobs too. Yeah, because then it would like even out her butt, which is so funny because like today, like butts are so in. And back then, butts were so not in crazy how time changes things but it doesn't even matter regardless like her whole parent dynamic is sad and I hate it and her dad is just so awful and I hate that her mom doesn't stand up for her and the fact that she has to go live with her friend and it's for the whole season and into the next too yeah so it's crazy that this much time is passing and Simpson is not even trying to like get involved and fix things with her parent. Like, it's just so odd that this is happening and that it's like completely acceptable. Yeah, let's backtrack a little bit. 
uh, just to her getting kicked out in the first place. Just because, like, of course, we know Manny had an abortion in season three. And I think in that episode, Manny talked about how her dad would have, like, sent her back to the Philippines if he found out. Yeah. And so here, Manny's getting kicked out just for wanting to be an actress. Like, there was also the plastic surgery aspect, but the the crux of it was the actress thing. And so that is pretty intense to be kicking out your child for, for like just even considering an acting career. Like she didn't even really take any steps to like do anything in that episode. So it was pretty intense. And so you could only imagine what would have happened if her dad found out about the abortion even now. Yeah. I also was wondering if Degrassi is doing some like weird stereotyping thing because Marco's dad was also awful about Marco just acting in a play because even he was like acting's not a real job he's like I'm not I'm literally just doing Simpson a favor and he's like oh good it's like why does everybody have the first of all this is a tv show (laughs) second of all I don't know why everyone's so hard on their kid about being an actor actress it's like Obviously, she was just in a movie and she made money and she was good. So I don't understand why he's so, like, I don't know. Actually, with the Marco's dad note, Marco's dad actually points out when, like, Marco says that Tim got kicked out for acting. Marco's dad is like, wow, really? That's pretty intense. <laughs> when, like, that's exactly what happened to Manny. So, <laughs> I just- oh, I forgot about that. I was just thinking about when he was like, acting's not a real job. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But he also points out that like, wow, Tim, your dad kicked you out for acting? Like, that's, that's intense. (laughs) But like, that actually happened. (laughs) Because it is intense and it's psychotic. Yeah. And like, he's also slut shaming her. Like, that scene where he calls her a slut, I hate it so much. Yeah. I don't really know how, like you can fix a relationship after someone does that after your father says that to you mm-hmm. and that your mother doesn't even stand up for you I don't know I don't know how her parents didn't get like divorced after this yeah because her mom is trying at least a little bit like when her dad is like yelling at her her mom was like Joseph stop so like she clearly disagreed with Manny getting kicked out And of course, Manny's mom is the one who brought her to get the abortion. So we know that Manny's mom is supportive, but it just seems that Manny's dad has so much power and it's like low-key abusive. Mm -hmm. So like, they're all just kind of afraid of him. And that's just really tough. I agree. And like, they also kind of bring in the immigrant aspect with that too. Like, I think her dad points out that, like, we didn't immigrate here for you to be a floozy actress or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of feeding in, I guess, I guess it's a stereotype of, like, the high expectations of, like, immigrant parents, which they also explore with the Madari parents, which we talked about way back in season 10. Oh, good connection. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of leaning closer to a stereotype. A little bit. Yeah, for sure. But also, like, I don't know. I just don't really get how, like, a parent could just be like, all right, go live somewhere else then. And it wasn't even like he had set something up for her. He was literally just like, leave. Mm -hmm. 
so but thank god she had emma and that emma and her friendship was fixed and not whatever it was all the other seasons i guess yeah <laughs> no you don't you don't agree well, well yeah I'm, I'm glad that like emma took manny in like that was really great of her but I, I do think emma was being a good friend in this episode for sure like even when she was mad at manny for like when she first found out about the video like that did make sense because she didn't know the context of what happened so it did seem like manny like hooked up with emma's crush mm-hmm. and so it was fair that like her gut reaction was to be mad but then emma is pretty supportive once she finds out what actually happened yeah i think this is a great season for emma and manny like as friends i feel like it just builds their friendship a lot more so I guess that's the one good thing you can take out of her leaving her parents house besides the fact that it's kind of abusive her parents are abusive well I feel like Manny's dad is definitely emotionally abusive like yeah yeah. I I thought I thought you were saying Emma's friendship was abusive no 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 I think that the one good thing that comes out of this is that Emma and Manny's friendship is like a decent friendship this season yeah, it definitely has its ups and downs, which we'll get to later. <laughs> but definitely in the in the first episode, I think it is pretty, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because her dad is absolutely abusive. Like, the fact that her mom is so afraid to stand up to him just, like, kind of paints a picture of, like, what their everyday life must be. Yeah, not great. I will say, though, with respect to Manny here... Like, this is pretty much the only plot that we get from Manny's perspective the whole season. So it's pretty much Manny gets kicked out and then she's just kind of living at the Nelson house the whole season and we don't really do much of a follow-up with her. With her parents? With her parents or even, I was thinking, something like maybe an episode adjusting to living at Emma's house. Like, you know, like learning to adjust to the family. Because, like, Manny is getting invited to the several family vacations (laughs) that Simpson proposes throughout the season. Mm -hmm. So she obviously becomes a part of the family unit, but we don't really get to see that happen, I'd say. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it has to do with the fact that, like, they've been friends for so long. So what is there to get used to? Well, first of all, we know they've been best friends in seventh grade at this point or at least friends in seventh grade even earlier I think they were friends since babies yeah so there's that and I feel like if I had left my house and moved into like my best friend's house in high school like I don't think there would be much getting used to especially since she already spends a ton of time there anyway I guess that's true they do have the scene where Manny like points out how they set ground rules I forget exactly what they said but yeah, I'm just thinking like it would have been cute to just not even like a serious plot, just like a fun little plot where like Manny has to now deal with having a baby in the house or something, you know? Yeah, that's true. Baby Jack seems like a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> I would not be happy about that. And even then, like, again, just following up with her parents, even like it would have been cool to like see a follow up with her parents. Because I think. I might be misremembering from season six, but I think she just moves back home 
because JT gets murdered right outside Emma's house. <laughs> so they're like, you know what? We want you home now. So it's not even like they talk about her getting kicked out. It's just like, no, you're not going to be in this murder place. <laughs> Come home. Okay. Yeah, I do not remember at all. So that could be it. But also, I kind of understand why there's no check back in. Because first of all, they were the ones that were awful to Manny. So why should she have to go back to them? They should be coming to her. And they're not, which is just showing how awful they are. And I mean, like, it would have been nice to have a resolution at the end of the season. But also then she wouldn't have been there for all of Emma's stuff. Yeah. So they kind of needed to keep her in the Nelson house for now. Yeah. Because they had to have the dramatic scene where Emma is like throwing Manny's stuff out the door, (laughs) of course. (laughs) Yes, true. Yeah, that's a good point. And you're you're right that like it should be Manny's parents that are coming to, you know, reconcile because that should not be on Manny because she didn't do anything wrong. No, she did nothing wrong and she's a child. (laughs) So uh, it just like makes me sad. But Manny obviously pushes through and continues living her best life by dating Craig and I guess after the whole Peter stuff then it becomes her best life (laughs) yeah like I hated seeing Manny just become a social outcast again yeah not a fan of that all Peter's fault kind of wished that he was a character that was like one and done but he obviously does not that does not happen to him because I was even thinking that, like, when Paige kicks Manny off the squad, it's like, come on, Paige. Like, have some sympathy. Come on. I know you hate Manny, but, like... <laughs> on what planet would Paige ever feel sympathy for Manny? No. No, no, no. This is the opportunity to get Manny out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I wanted Paige to do better. <laughs> I was just sad. Paige is not doing better. And that's fine. That's just who she is. We can't expect character changes like that. No, no. <laughs> I also hate that Manny considers herself fat and Emma also considers herself fat, but the fact that Manny feels like she needs to change her body is ridiculous to me. Yeah, well, that's just the whole, you know, message that the media sends about you have to be a a twig in order to be valuable. Yeah, but I feel like... If it all didn't happen, then, or if she didn't, like, feel that way, then she never would have flashed Peter, who was sober, never forget. I know you mentioned it in the summary, but I seriously hate the fact that that man was sober and kept the video and then released the video and then didn't go to prison. (laughs) Yeah, because honestly, I was watching the episode and I forgot that Peter was sober at first. I was like, okay, it's bad that he's recording her, but if he's drunk, then I could... I could excuse the recording, if not, of course, the sending it out. But then then we find out that he was sober and that just made it 10 times worse. Yes. And it is just something that like, I don't know how Emma ever looks past it and it just pisses me off, but we're not there yet. <laughs> do you want to move there? Yes. <laughs> I would love to do that. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. First of all, I'm glad that Emma does turn away Peter at first. It is like, she's immediately like, nope, I have no interest in you. You sent out my friend's nudes. I don't want you to talk to me. But I'm confused as to like where his interest in her came from out of nowhere. Yeah, I was thinking about that too, because in 
the Manny episode, he's into Manny. And then Manny is like, oh, actually, my friend Emma is into you. And he's like, fuck that. <laughs> so then he just randomly is now into her and is like pursuing her relentlessly. So that was odd to me. And then he also has the audacity to blame Manny to Emma's face for the video. Mm-hmm. And Emma is like, obviously, like, it is your fault. You were sober and you sent it out or whatever she says. But I just, like, couldn't believe, like, that he's like, hey, come out with me. Also, it's your best friend's fault that I had her nude. So totally not my fault at all. Like, where does he? I don't know. I don't know who wrote his lines, but I hope they fired them because (laughs) it was like Peter as an actor. Great. He's doing his best. I appreciate it. I don't know what his lines are, but they are like corny as hell and I can't deal with it. Is that not how a teenage boy would act? Just not taking any responsibility for his actions? No, I know. There's just like some lines. I forget. The specific scene I'm thinking about is when they're in the locker room and he says something ridiculous to Manny where I'm like, no teenage boy would say this. I think he just like says things like he's reading from a movie. Is he a movie guy? He seems like it. (laughs) Yeah, he is. He's a film dude. Yeah, all right, never mind. <laughs> I take back what I was saying. Um, no, it just like kind of makes me annoyed. And I'm glad she kind of turns him away at first with the real life for life stuff, whatever. But then like going out with Derek, confused. Well, with the whole Derek thing, that's just Manny setting Emma up on a date and Emma feeling obligated to go. That's what I was confused about though, is because... Like, it was weird because I think she was pretending to be into the idea of going out with him, but then also was interested. I couldn't really figure it out. Was it because Peter was, like, sticking his head through the window at the point? I think she saw Peter watching and she was like, yeah, I'm going to go out with him to, like, either piss you off or to make you jealous. Unclear, which... (laughs) So corny. But I also was kind of confused because Derek is totally not Emma's type. That's why the date was so bad. I know, but Manny would have, like, I don't know. I don't know how Manny didn't know better than that. To be like, hey, this is Jarek, the guy who's, like, bullying Jimmy on the side real quick. Yeah, it seemed like, it seemed like Emma was just lonely and was third wheeling all the time. And Manny was just like, you know, let's just give her to someone so she could stop bothering us. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I think you're definitely right. And it was just kind of funny how, like, Derek was like, I love hunting and meat. And Emma's like, I'm a vegetarian. And and he was like, look at this. And she's like, I don't know what this means. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, classic first date things, I guess. Honestly, super badass of Emma to be like, actually, I had a really awful time. Go away. (laughs) Okay, that's where I'm like, uh, like, would I have wanted to hear that on a date? No. Because I also don't think Derek was doing anything wrong. Yeah, that's true. Like, I kind of felt bad for him. But then also I was like, no, he's being mean to Jimmy. Like, he deserves to get roasted. (laughs) Uh, But then going back to the Peter thing, like, she does hate him at first. So why do you think she does end up going on the date with him? Because she liked him at first. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) no I understand what you're saying because you're like because she hated him and she does hate him but before the hate was her crush on him and just because he did a shitty thing to her friend does not mean that she will look past that and I think that's why she was like oh if I like hang out with him but it's not a date 
then it's fine. She was like rationalizing it some way and it kind of was not great. The thing is, I feel like when I find out something terrible about someone who I find attractive, I immediately find them unattractive. Yes, and I do too. But also part of what I'm thinking is maybe at this point, because Manny has Craig and everybody's kind of moved on from the situation, that she's kind of like, oh, that's done. Let me hang out with him. Because I mean, like, she still has a crush on him. That's it. That's the end of it. That's high school, like high school girls, like guys who they shouldn't like. And that's who he is. He's a guy that she should not like. And he likes her. So they're going to be secret. And that's even better than being in an, a relationship that everybody knows about. Yeah. And then even later when he calls her a tease and then she like tries to get the revenge picture on him, they try to like throw in the connection that they both live in like a closet. <laughs> that was that was a weird connection to make. I actually was so pissed about this because I understand that there is stress at home for Emma and she's experiencing that, but I don't pity Peter. Like, I don't feel bad for him. And I think that's what Degrassi missed is like, I'm supposed to feel bad for him because he lives in a room that has boxes in it. No, that doesn't excuse his shitty behavior because he lives in a box. Like Emma is not sending out her friends nudes or any guy nudes because she lives in a basement. It was just kind of one of those things where they're like, wow, they both have like tough, quote unquote, tough home lives. Now she feels bad for him. But it's like, as the audience, it's really tough to look past the whole sending out nudes thing. Right. I will say Peter does grow on me in the later seasons. I know that's not the case for most people, but he does grow on me. And I do think he does improve and develop. But in this season, it's just like, you know, he is pretty irredeemable in pretty much every single aspect, at least until the eating disorder episode. He has the trope of treating everybody else like garbage, except for the person that he likes. And like, that's just who he is. And I think that's why people kind of find him attractive. It's kind of like, oh, like he's kind to Riley. Him and Riley are friends, but he's kind of shitty. Well, I think at that point, he's like kind of okay. But it's kind of like that stuff where he is just a shitty person unless he has a crush on you, which he has a crush on Emma. But even calling her a tease, I was like, how the hell do you look past that one? Which is, I know what you were saying. It's just kind of was like, oof, that was rude. Yeah, like Emma just had a bad for him. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she also started off the season saying this was the first guy that she's liked since Sean, which it's like, sorry, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Who's Chris? I wonder if she was just kind of excited to like have a crush on somebody and just couldn't let it go. But that's just so shitty to Manny. It's so shitty to Manny, which we know that both of them are shitty to each other all the time. But it does kind of fit into Emma's whole like needing to have something to focus on like she's not really focused on anything this season she goes from like Peter to the eating disorder and that kind of fits into her whole like needing some sort not like charity but like she needs something to obsess over for a little bit and I think that's just who she is as a person so it fits that it's Peter in this moment that makes sense 
what can you do? I don't like him either in this whole season. I don't think there's anything excusable, even when he's like trying to help her with the eating disorder. It's not enough. It's not enough for me because he still treats Manny like shit. Yeah. The other thing about Peter that I wanted to point out is he isn't really his own character in this season. Like he kind of just functions as the plot demands him to. Like he needs to wrong Manny so that him and Emma could have like a Romeo and Juliet type of thing and like we talked about earlier like he flip-flops with liking Emma like he didn't like her now he does and when he sees his mom making out with Simpson he has no opinion on it yes I totally understand what you're saying now because one we don't ever get his point of view and we never see him outside of like Manny and Emma besides that one second where he's in detention with Simpson yeah so he's a character that exists but he's kind of like what was that guy's name that I hated Chaz or something Chester Chester (laughs) thank you (laughs) where he kind of just like functioned to exist and then like disappeared at the end which was kind of shocking that Peter continues on later but it's because he dates like the main character of Degrassi Emma yeah and even even with dating Emma and being involved with, with the eating disorder thing I noticed when watching that Peter isn't involved in the first part of that episode where the eating disorder starts. He only gets involved in part two when Manny leaves Emma so that Peter could kind of step in and say, okay, we need to have an intervention. Oh, where was he? I don't know. He just wasn't in part one, even though they were in the secret relationship by that point. Oh. I didn't even notice. Eh, that's how memorable he is for me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like he he really is not a character in his own right yet. He's just kind of there to create drama or just to function how the writers need him to. We don't know enough about him for us to say, oh, that doesn't make sense with his character. So he could really just do whatever they need him to. Hmm, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's just kind of (laughs) shitty. And that's what they, I guess, wanted him to be. It just kind of shocks me that in the future he gets with Darcy is really what it comes down to for me. Yeah. Because Darcy's a little saint. (laughs) Literally any any girl that gets with Peter deserves better than Peter. I guess I could agree with that. (laughs) you had to think about that I I will say Peter is a bad person but he is a pretty decent boyfriend yes which kind of ties into my trope of like he's a guy who's awful but is only nice to the girls that he dates yeah except when he calls them a tease (laughs) then I hate him (laughs) yep Okay. okay Are we ready to read the second half or is there a little bit more? Yeah, let's go on to part two where we go into Snake and Spike and the eating disorder stuff. Yes. Okay, I'm so excited to talk about the Snake and Spike stuff. It's so weird. Okay. So before we get to the cheating, we first have an episode where Snake is having a midlife crisis in his 30s. And so he decides to rent a motorcycle from somebody that Joey knows. And so 
Miss Hatsalakos is apparently really into motorcycles. And so she tries to connect with Snake over motorcycles. But of course, Snake knows nothing about motorcycles. He's just doing it to look cool. But they still have a cute little bonding moment, Snake and Miss H. And so he ultimately decides to keep the motorcycle despite Emma and Spike being like, what the fuck is going on here? And so from there, it is the movie premiere of Jay and Silent Bob Go Canadian A, of course. And Emma and Peter are kind of sneaking around at the movie premiere. They're still in a secret relationship at this point. And they decide to go back to the theater to have a little makeout session. But when they enter, they see Snake and Miss Hatsalakos making out in the movie seats. And I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but Miss H is Peter's mother. So very weird things going on that the <laughs> two children and the two parents are making out. And so, of course, Emma is very upset that her stepdad is cheating on her mom. And so Emma confronts him about it that night. And Snake apologizes and is like, have you ever done something with someone you shouldn't be? As if he somehow knows that she's secretly dating Peter. Very weird line there. But anyway, Emma then kind of ices Snake out for the next day, including Miss Hatsalakos at school. And Snake kind of tries to avoid the conversation by announcing a vacation. But then Emma goes off and is like, stop doing this. And so the secret comes out that Snake made out with Miss H and Spike kicks him out of the house, which actually I'm now realizing that there were many people kicked out of home this season. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty insane. Um, so yeah. Uh, Snake gets kicked out and Emma is devastated. She really wanted him to kind of fight to stay, but he leaves and goes to stay with Joey. And so a bit of time passes and it is around Spike and Snake's wedding anniversary. And so in order to cheer Spike up, Emma invites Caitlin to visit to kind of have a little girl's night. Um, but of course, Snake comes in and ruins the evening by giving her an anniversary present. And so in order to cheer her up from that, they hire some male strippers to visit at a party to cheer her up. But of course, one of the strippers looks just like a young snake. And so Spike realizes that she is still in love with him. But she does really nothing to kind of, you know, break off the relationship like a divorce. <laughs> but then, of course, Snake decides that it is time to make amends. He's sick of living at Joey's. And so he tries to apologize by making dinner, but Spike is not having it. And so it ultimately finishes by Snake finding Spike at the mall and apologizing. And then he ends up serenading her at the mall. And then he promises to never kiss another woman again. And they make up and he moves back home. And so at the same time as this kind of makeup episode, Emma and Manny decide to go on a diet because Manny has an audition with the racist agent again, who denied her the first time, who now wants her because the movie came out and Manny has some clout. And Emma is also feeling fat and out of control of her life. And so they both decide to go on a diet, but then it very quickly turns to an eating disorder where they're barely eating. And then they also begin throwing up their food whenever they eat anything. Manny eventually stops when she does get the agent 
but Emma keeps going in secret behind Manny's back. And that's kind of part one of that episode. And then a few weeks pass between part one and part two. And Emma has clearly not eaten for a very long time at this point. And people are starting to notice like she is having all the classic symptoms of eating disorders, like baggy clothes, hiding food in her pockets, having outbursts when Darcy and Shantae make a stupid joke about her being fat. And she's also still sneaking around with Peter. And so when Manny decides to kind of confront Emma about her not eating, in order to deflect, Emma tells Manny that she has been seeing Peter. And so this, of course, pisses Manny off. And then Manny kind of ices her out for a bit until Peter also realizes that Emma has not been eating. And so Peter gets Manny involved with setting up an intervention with Snake and Spike with Emma. And so during the intervention, Emma kind of freaks out. She goes into a panic attack and she ultimately gets sent to the hospital where she is diagnosed with anorexia. And once she realizes that she has a problem, she makes a promise to herself to get better. And that's pretty much the last real plot that we see from that. There are a couple scenes, very short scenes in the final episodes of the season where we just see Emma again. She's back from the hospital and she mentions that she's in therapy. And then the last scene with them in the season is after the variety show that Manny was putting on. And then Peter comes up to Manny saying that he recorded it and that he used his recording powers for good. I'm not applauding him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so starting with the premiere, I guess, because that's kind of where, oh no, not the premiere, sorry. That's like a little bit past where we want to start. The motorcycle. Motorcycle's where we want to start. This whole thing was stupid. <laughs> That's that's what I want to say about it. Because at no point is Spike ever being like hard on Simpson. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Because I understand that the baby is new, right? New baby at home, like they're only three years married. Well, at this point, the baby is two years old. So like they've had the baby for a long time at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to like rationalize what his thought process is, even though it's not correct. And then he has some weird midlife crisis. So I guess he's probably in his 40s. That kind of makes sense, right? Oh, he's absolutely like early to mid 30s. So what, how is he having a midlife crisis then? I don't know. <laughs> okay. So none of this makes sense. That's, that's the moral of the story. It does not make sense. <laughs> I just like don't understand the whole Miss Hasselakos thing because I was trying to decide like as I was watching him like is she hitting on him and at first no like I will be the first one to be like she was not at first when he comes in and he's wearing all the gear and she's like oh like motorcycle blah 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 and then he was like I don't know what you're saying and then she's like oh, okay bye and then like that's the end of it and I was like okay a little combo there whatever and then they're coming in when he's like working late and then he starts to share like me, 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 my wife said I had to get rid of my motorcycle. Blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, well, I want to ride it. I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> enough. Because it also like, I don't know, working in a school, you would think that they would have built more of a relationship at this point, considering they were both teachers at the same time. And then now she's a principal. So like, 
it just is weird that they weren't already kind of friends and this kind of seems like they're finally talking to each other I don't know what do you think was their relationship prior to this I'm sure they're friendly as co-workers but in terms of like being friends I don't think that necessarily has to happen like if you like work on different sides of the school or whatever so who do you think started this weird relationship thing like who who is to blame here do you think both of them I mean I I don't think it's built up very much at all that's why I'm like trying to figure out who made the first move do you think it was her asking to ride his motorcycle well I don't think the riding thing was even meant to be flirtatious it was just her connecting with him over like a shared interest so you don't think her being like can I get a ride was not like flirty I don't think so okay because that was the last scene that they have together before they make out. Yeah, like, it just felt like her being nostalgic for her motorcycle days rather than her flirting with him. Okay. I thought that could have been flirting only because, like, how do you sit on a motorcycle? You have to, like, straddle the person behind them and hold them. So I figured that's kind of is a little more intimate than, like, if you were to go for a drive together. Yeah, but I don't know anything about motorcycles, so... What? That's just, you know how people ride motorcycles. (laughs) Well, yeah, but like. It's not like she's going to sit on his shoulders. Where do you think she's going to go? I mean, I would, I would do that with a friend. Well, I I probably wouldn't, but I would say in general, you can do that with a friend and have it be completely platonic. But what if your friend just shared how he's unhappy in his marriage? He didn't say he's unhappy with his marriage. That's the big thing with me here. It's that. There are no indications that Snake is unhappy with his marriage to Spike. He's just unhappy with his life in general. He says it's like monotonous, right? Yeah. That's like the big thing that like is the problem, air quotes. <laughs> like his life is boring apparently and that's why he decides to spice things up by cheating. I'm also wondering if the whole them having like not a lot of money has some stress on them as well do they not have a lot of money no because when he brought home the motorcycle and spike was like where did you get the money like magic couch cushion like money or whatever and then i thought about it i'm like honestly she works at a salon which i'm sure you make a decent salary but he's also a teacher and i think combined it's not a lot like you can it's livable but it's not something where you can purchase like a car or a motorcycle without like running through to make sure that that's something you can afford first so I can see where like money might also be a stressor even though they don't talk about it too much but like she was like don't use that money or why did you use that we don't have a lot of money and then he later on is like I sold the motorcycle so I can use that money to do something as a family and that's where it was like okay because then it's like oh we're doing something as a group it's not just like this ridiculous purchase that only you can use and not everybody can benefit from. Yes, I can see that point. But also there's a difference between being poor and like being financially completely unable to buy a new car or a motorcycle and just like not thinking that it's a financially correct decision 
to purchase a motorcycle. <laughs> I'm sure they're also in a place where it's like both of their money. I think it's just like, why are you spending all this tens of thousands of dollars on a, a motorcycle? Yeah, but I think that could add into the stress of their relationship as well. If Look, I'm just trying to like dig for anything at this point because you are completely right that there is no buildup to him cheating on her. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing. So that's why I'm like, maybe it's money. <laughs> We're putting things that aren't there. <laughs> hey, let me, that's literally well, the point of the show. <laughs> yeah, well, no, our, our job isn't to make shit up. <laughs> I'm not making it up that they don't have the money to buy a motorcycle when she says, where did you get the money to buy a motorcycle? That doesn't mean they're like struggling to get groceries or anything. No, and I'm not saying they're struggling. I'm just saying the money aspect is also there <laughs> as well. <laughs> sure, sure. That could be a contributing factor. Sure. Because if there wasn't a money issue and he bought a motorcycle, then she wouldn't have been mad about it. Boom. <laughs> God. I feel like I would be mad if my significant other just bought a motorcycle because it's dangerous. Yeah, but she doesn't say it's because it's dangerous. Whatever. Ha, gotcha. I also would love to ride a motorcycle, so I feel like I'm on a different point here. Okay, whatever, fine. It happens, it pisses her off, he's mad that she's mad, then he gives the hot principal a ride. Well, did the ride even happen? <laughs> Yeah, because they leave the school together. Like, it's after school hours. He's staying there late, a.k.a. what all men teachers do, avoid their families. And <laughs> not to call out anybody that I work with specifically, but <laughs> they do tend to do that. And so then this woman comes in and she's like, hey, I always wanted to like, ride a motorcycle. Or, like, I was hoping you'd give me a ride. And then he's like, okay, and then grabs his helmet and then they go. Okay. So that even though you don't think that is flirting, I think that that is, at least gives us a crumb. <laughs> yes, yes. That is what the buildup is supposed to be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to them making out. But, like, the thing with them making out is that it happens, and then him and her never talk about it. They share a glance when Emma tells her off, but there's never any follow-up, which is pretty irresponsible I feel just because she is his boss for one thing so there's the power dynamic aspect to them hooking up and also the fact that his daughter is a student at the school so that just makes a very uncomfortable situation that isn't a healthy learning environment well what it what did you want them to do well I don't know they could have just had Snake and Miss H address the situation, <laughs> they don't even talk about it. I mean, I don't know what they would have said. Like, I think it's better that they didn't talk. Could you imagine him having to be like, I talked about it, don't worry, to Spike? Like, she's already mad that they made out, and now he's going to go, what? Be like, don't make out with me again? I think that he made the right call by not addressing it with her, and she also knows that he's married and that it, he has a daughter in the school. So maybe it's yeah. best that they just don't talk about it. Well, but for me, it's just the whole power dynamic issue that like 
she is in a position of power over him and like they crossed a boundary and then nothing came of it well what would you expect what would you want an outcome to be for her like they're two there were two consenting adults like it wasn't like she was in school with him when they made out if they were in school I would I would maybe be like okay but they weren't in school and they were making out in the movie theater and it seemed like he like they're pretty into it so I don't know what else could have came from that just like a discussion that it shouldn't have happened if nothing else (laughs) I mean, we know it shouldn't have happened. He was married. (laughs) Yeah, so like, why is this H just happy making out with married men? (laughs) Um, Look, I don't know. And I don't think they wanted us to care that much about her in this scenario. She just happened to be there for him to make out with. She's literally the only other woman adult in the show. (laughs) Besides Manny's mom. <laughs> or Liberty's mom or JT's grandma. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I'm fine that they didn't address it. There's nothing good that could have came from them talking about it afterwards, to be honest. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to just how it tears apart the family. Because Regardless of this whole Miss H situation, Snake absolutely handled Emma the wrong way with this. Uh, yeah. Where he's like low-key guilting her into not telling Spike. It's like, no, you are the adult in this situation. That is inappropriate for you to force Emma to do. So I don't understand why he, because I think towards the end of their conversation, she says like, something along the lines of I have to tell Spike or like I have to tell my mom or like something and I'm just surprised that he didn't say you know what I'm going to tell her because I fucked up like he just like sits there after that and that doesn't really make sense to me because wouldn't you want to like cover your own ass like why would you want her to tell the mom that's significantly worse than if you were to tell yeah that doesn't make any sense to me does he like genuinely think she's not going to say anything? It's Emma. Emma never closes her mouth for one second in her whole life. <laughs> like, exactly. It takes him trying to cover his ass with a vacation for Emma to like freak out about it. And then it comes out. Yeah, that was kind of odd. I don't know. I didn't love that he also was like, it stopped at kissing. Like that made it any better. This part's <laughs> controversial. I feel it. The fact that it was only kissing is slightly better just because I feel like with adults, kissing isn't that big of a deal most of the time. No, it's not. But it's also like, well, yeah, they were going to have sex in a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> At least like, I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> it was just kind of like, like, I get it. Nick has no Simpson. I don't know what I'm going to stick with his name. I'll just Archie has no... <laughs> like he doesn't like miss h like he doesn't have a crush on her he has no interest she's just something different and that's the whole point of this whole thing is that there's no feelings involved in this but he needed to man up and say something because the whole it was just a kiss like it could have been but then why didn't you just say something the night that it happened well okay i wanted to kind of talk about the blow up between um simpson and spike 
And then, so then Simpson like goes to leave after, right? And then Emma's like, where are you going? Don't you love us? Like, what did she expect was going to happen after they found out that this happened? Yeah, like, it seemed like Emma wanted the truth to come out, but she didn't want the family to fall apart as a result of it. And that's the same thing that happened back when they were like at the bachelor party a long time ago too with spike being pregnant she goes out of her way to tell simpson and then simpson's like why would you tell me this so it's kind of like she's in that place again where she knows something that the other parent doesn't and then she feels like it's her job to say something and then is like shocked when like what happens is bad and it just like did you not learn from before i don't understand Oh, Emma's life is a whole mess, which we'll get to, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah, I mean, I don't really blame Emma for that. Like, she was in a very awful situation where she had to, where she felt she had to tell a secret, but it wasn't really her secret, and then it also involves her and her mom and her entire family, so I don't really blame the reaction that, like, even though it was a bad thing, she still wanted them to make up and such no I don't blame the reaction I think I was just kind of shocked by it I didn't think she would want Simpson to stay I guess like I thought she would have been just as mad because he cheated on her mom and that she would want him to leave that's a good point but at the same time like we talked about this with like the whole shame thing that now Snake is her dad their relationship has grown since, I guess, season two to the fact that, like, even though Snake is her stepdad, Snake is, like, her dad, you know? But, like, she still loves him unconditionally, even though he did a shitty thing. Yeah. Doesn't she call him dad on, like, the way out or something? Yeah. That was sad. Yeah, so... Like, I'm sure she is mad at him, but she didn't want him to leave. Okay. No, I know. It's just kind of like an interesting reaction. I thought she would have been like, get out, you cheated. I think she would have if it was like season two or three. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. And then with respect to Spike, like, I just fell for her. Like, the whole episode where they're trying to cheer her up that was kind of sad but at the same time like she is intent on like not associating with him at all but then she's also not even talking about divorce well she says to Caitlin that she's moving on and then then they drink to moving on but then she doesn't do anything about it well I mean yeah well, Caitlin was still there on like vacation. So she probably, I don't know if she was going to wait till Caitlin left. The weird male stripper thing. I don't know. I also am unsure. I'm not in the place that she would be in, but I don't know if I would end an entire marriage over a kiss. So I can see why in the end she was like, never mind, you know? Yeah. So that's why it was kind of weird how. It was, it seemed like it was months that like he was gone. Like, of course it was a big deal, but it also was a one-time thing. So. Yeah, I don't know the timeline. I could not figure that out because 
How long was Caitlin there? Just the episode. But then, oh yeah, I guess there were other scenes where Emma and Simpson like chatted and stuff. It was odd. I didn't really know what was going on. I mean, I love a good dramatic parent plot line. So I was kind of into it. And I think it kind of ended in a cute way. Yeah, I mean, the, the makeup was cute. I mean, he genuinely apologized. And yeah, I don't know. This storyline is just not good. So <laughs> I'm kind of over it. I I don't know. I mean, like, it kind of makes sense in a way because, as you said, they're kind of young. They've only been married for a few years. Like, him having some weird, quote-unquote, midlife crisis. I guess they were like, well, we already gave him cancer, so what's left? Cheating. <laughs> the other C word in the show. <laughs> but I hated, 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 hated that the male stripper looked like him because it did. And it was gross. <laughs> it was actually kind of uncanny. Like, since we know what Snake looked like in Degrassi Junior High, it was like, wow, that is his exact, like, teenage face. It was horrifying. Because I, like, forgot about that scene. And then when it came on, I was like, oh, what? Ew. I literally said ew because it was so exact. Yeah. It was crazy. Like, great casting, at least. Oh, yeah, 100%. I was like, what the hell? But yeah, no, I think them coming back together in the end makes a lot of sense. If a man ever sang to me in public, I would ask for a divorce right there. So opposite of what she did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't imagine being one of those people in the mall because it seemed like he was proposing and it wasn't like a, a makeup. So like everyone there just probably thought they got engaged. Yeah, it was really an interesting choice to go to the mall in a suit. But whatever, whatever. They get back together. I feel like I kind of wish that they discussed some sort of boundary because obviously the woman works in his job. Exactly. That's what I was saying. Like, they don't have a conversation with Snake and Miss H. No, I don't care about them. I'd rather Spike and Snake have a conversation about it. Well, in order to have a conversation about Miss H between them two, you need to have Snake have a conversation with Miss H about those boundaries. No, he doesn't. He could just be like, I've never talked to her again and never talked to her again. That's his boss. How can you not talk to her? I mean, like, I feel like you don't talk to your principal too often, like outside of group meetings. If you don't have to, it's very avoidable. Okay, Miss Bridget. I'm a teacher. I literally know this. <laughs> I'm in a school every day. I'll believe you. Like, I would bet. I, you know what? I'm just going to stop right there. I'm not even going to set a scenario because I'll get fired. So <laughs> that's the end of that. All right. Can we move on to Emma's eating disorder that was caused by her parents splitting for a hot minute? Yes. And it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't just that. It was just kind of, for me, it was the buildup of everything that Emma's gone through over the past couple seasons. Mm -hmm. and the family falling apart was just kind of the breaking point season three was the whole Shane thing and then Sean kind of breaking her heart and stuff season four of course was the shooting and then getting the social disease and now here uh she's adjusting to living with her best friend her family falls apart 
And now she's also hiding this relationship from Manny. So it's just kind of all compiling over the years and resulting in, again, Emma's theme is control. <laughs> and now what she's trying to control is her body and what she eats. But they didn't like state that that was the cause, did they? That what was the cause? All of like the past seasons leading up to this. No, but like it, it adds up. Because I actually noticed, I wanted to mention this in our season four episode, but I forgot about how there's a scene in the social disease episode where Emma is not eating her dinner at the dinner table. Because Wasn't it because she was sick with the know. social disease? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I think that was when she was having the post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh. That was kind of a bit of foreshadowing that I wanted to bring up in season four about how she's already kind of using food as kind of a way to kind of control her situation. Oh, see, I just kind of assumed that since she didn't have anything to obsess over, that this was it. Well, yeah, both, both things could be true, I think. <laughs> so why can't they not have any money then? <laughs> why, why do I get the short end of the stick? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Fine. I'll let it slide this time. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, having control over food makes sense. Having someone to do it with, Manny, makes sense as well because it's a lot easier when you have somebody to like bully into doing it, which she does bully Manny throughout this whole thing by literally force, not forcing her, by like encouraging her to be bulimic, which is insane. Which kind of ties into the fact that, like, Emma's not the best friend that Manny could have, but Manny kind of has only her right now, so fair, I guess. Well, even besides kind of forcing an eating disorder on her, there's also the Peter aspect, (laughs) so. Oh, yeah, yeah, that too. So, yeah, that wasn't great. And also, I, I feel like people don't talk about the fact how Manny also participated in this eating disorder. I don't think people talk about that very much. No, and I think it's because I'm assuming people probably look at it as like, she just used this for a few like minutes, not like a few minutes, and in their reality, it was like a few weeks or whatever, to just get to the weight that she wanted to be at, and that was it. And then she had control over herself. And like, I think that tends to be more common than the like full on eating disorder that Emma has. And that's probably why they didn't like push the fact that Manny had an eating disorder, even though it is. But I think that that is more common with people is like a really quick diet for until you get your goal weight and then like you're done after that. Yeah, because that was even true of Tristan's, I think, in season 12 where he does like a cleanse for a week and then he continues it, but then he has the heart attack, of course. (laughs) Yep, that. Um, (laughs) Which honestly, I thought Emma was having the heart attack, but it was just a panic attack. Yeah, like the kind of culmination, or I guess the eating disorder as a whole, it was probably the most public service announcement E that I feel Degrassi has really ever been. They have like 
all the signs, the classic signs of eating disorders. And even Peter pulls out an eating disorder book and is like, look at all the signs that Emma has. So it seemed very much like, hey, these are the signs that when someone has an eating disorder, so you can watch out for it. Like she has baggy clothes, she's hiding her food, she's being irritable. Yeah, I mean, like, that's kind of how it was. But I think that, well, do you think it was well done? Because I think it kind of was. I think it was a teeny bit over the top, at least at the end where she like has the panic attack and gets hospitalized. Yeah. But besides that, I thought it was well done. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I want to make sure we're on the same page about that. Because compared to Toby's and Tristan's, does anybody else even have one? Katie, but that's Katie. kind of before. She was recovering. Yeah, and and also Jenna with the dye pills. Oh, she was pregnant. Um, okay. <laughs> Which I mean, like to be fair, I think I also would have been like, why the hell am I gaining so much weight? But yeah, I think Emma's was really interesting and and pretty accurate because the fact that she was both bulimic and anorexic is a very interesting thing to watch and the fact that she like was losing the weight and then you do get cold and then you do exercise extremely like a lot and then like you will do hoard food like it just made a lot of sense that they did it and I liked that it was over a period of time even though it was in one episode or two episodes like it seemed like it was a lot longer than they usually do things like that yeah the common complaint with this storyline is that it it's like the stereotypical one and done type deal but I do disagree with that because the episode does take place over a long period of time. Yeah, I would not consider this like a one and done. Even if she doesn't bring it up in the future, I think that this was very well done and you don't need to bring it up in the future if you have an eating disorder. Why would you want to go around like talking about it? I mean, Katie doing it was fine because the point of her character was that she was recovering. But like same with Tristan and Toby, like it never comes up again. Well, but then with the recovery aspect, you would think that it would come up more. Like with Emma, it does come up several times in the future, but it's never like a plot point again that she's like relapses or is is like, oh, I'm still in therapy for my eating disorder, you know? So I do think the aftermath, while it is there, I think it could have been better to kind of show how it's not something that once you're diagnosed, you're cured, you know? Yeah. I think this is kind of one of the plots for me that was just similar to like Ellie's cutting where it's like, I can't do it again. You know, like I can't watch it again. It was a lot the first time. And I don't think I can sit through watching Emma like do it one more time. So I'm okay with them not bringing it back up especially since season six has JT's death. So there's a lot more other things that, and Sean comes back. So there's a lot of other things that are happening. I agree. I just, in terms of like the realism aspect, I'd say is like, just not even like a full plot point, just maybe just some throwaway lines that like, yeah, I'm still dealing with this. It's a daily struggle. And I think it is kind of a big part of the season seven episode where Emma does like the protest with the purple dragon stuff. I don't know. That's what I was thinking too. I was thinking the same episode because I'm like, there's definitely something about body image in that, that she 
falls back on not the eating disorder thing but there's definitely some piece of it I don't know I'll have to rewatch it yeah so I, I don't remember all the details of that episode but yeah just in terms of like not just kind of pretending that it doesn't happen you know like oh yeah this happened but like it's not a problem anymore when that's not true of real life mm-hmm. yeah but Degrassi isn't known for continuing its plots so like I don't think that's true Degrassi is pretty good at continuity most of the time you think when are they not I feel like Shane never comes up again why would he I don't know because that's her like dad like what about her wedding or like I don't know there's some I mean they when they do like plots like this it doesn't come up again usually same with like Toby and Tristan the cutting thing for Ellie doesn't really that doesn't come back up right well with Ellie we see her still kind of struggling with it throughout seasons three and four so I think Ellie is a good example of even if she doesn't do it again it's still something that she's struggling with whereas with Emma she brings it up here and there but it's not really part of like the problems that she's facing I mean I don't know I'm I'm okay with it not continuing because I feel like when they continue a heavy line like that it's like kind of hard but also did they just continue Ellie's to keep her with Craig like I don't know well Ellie's is pretty much over by season five I'd say well, yeah, because Craig has his melt, like his meltdown, and then they go to, then they kind of meet in the therapy thing. Yes. So that's why I'm like, hmm, did they continue it so that they could just set Craig and Ellie up? Oh, oh, I, I see what you're saying. I don't know. Did they continue it for the wrong reasons? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm annoyed, even though we already talked about this, because <laughs> they just realized, whatever, it doesn't matter. Does she ever bring it up with Sean? Yeah. Really she does right? Yes. Okay. So it's not like a one and done. Yeah. So I, I agree. I'm just saying they could have done more with it than just a couple throwaway lines. Okay. Anything else? I don't know. I mean, the end of the season's kind of like a little bit happier than where they left us off. Like you can tell that Manny like truly loves Emma and that Simpson truly loves Manny which is really cute too mm-hmm. so they have some positive things that kind of end with this and I feel like the eating disorder with Emma kind of just solidifies her and Manny's friendship even more even after the whole Peter stuff yeah let's talk about Emma and Manny's friendship throughout all this because we we've been bouncing around it a little bit <laughs> because like it is like very up and down this season, <laughs> I feel. It's not as up and down as like usual. Like at least they're talking this whole season. <laughs> Whereas the other seasons, they tend to like, they'll just stop talking and then they'll come in at the end or like, we'll be like, are they still friends? And it's like, maybe like Manny gets an abortion and it's like, oh, there's Emma again. Like who knows? But I feel like this season, at least we see like, Emma for quote unquote like forgives Manny in the beginning and is like no more lies we're gonna like stick through this together and she's like okay and then like besides the Peter stuff at the end but I think Manny kind of gets over that which she shouldn't have to she shouldn't have her best friend date the guy who like sends out her nudes but 
it just kind of shows that like Emma is not a great friend to Manny, but Manny is like always a great friend to Emma. That's kind of where I sit with it. Yeah, I agree. Like I was going through kind of the history and like, again, in like seasons one and two, Manny was mostly Emma's sidekick, but then season three, Manny branches out and that's when they have like their first big fallout. And then I'd say in season three, they're, they're kind of equally bad friends to each other just because of the whole Manny sleeping with Craig in Emma's bed thing and like Emma Emma not really supporting Manny's abortion but kind of accepting that it's what that that is what happened and then season four there wasn't too much with their friendship besides when Manny is like why are you sleeping with Jay and then Emma's like I'm not getting pregnant you slut (laughs) that was that was not great on Emma's part good on Manny and now here Emma is sometimes a good friend to Manny, sometimes not. Manny is always a good friend to Emma with, at least with the eating disorder stuff. She's like, you know, Emma, you have a problem and we need to get you help. Yeah. And Manny's life is like harder than Emma's and Emma yet still is like so hard on Manny. Yeah. Because like even when Manny comes to Emma's house, it's like that porch scene then Emma's like, you know, Manny, you have everything going for you and you just screw it up. And it's like, but Emma, it wasn't Manny's fault. Why are you blaming her for something that wasn't her fault? So that was kind of shitty. And then she does kind of turn it around with supporting Manny afterwards. But then, of, of course, she goes and dates Peter. Yeah. So Emma kind of sucks, is the moral of the story. <laughs> yeah, because especially with the Peter stuff, like, it's a backstab for like not any real reason like she's not really dating Peter to spite Manny she's just doing it despite Manny yeah that yeah because she has a crush on this boy and she wants to date him he just so happened to be the guy who sent out Manny's wounds. yeah and that's just shitty yes I agree very high school though yeah and then like you said Emma also kind of bullies Manny into having the eating disorder too Yes. And yet, Manny is there for her till the end of the season. Unbelievable. But go, Manny. Yes. I mean, given how Emma was literally in the hospital, (laughs) I feel like things like who Emma is dating become kind of insignificant when big things like that happen. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Peter doesn't really do anything to make it up to Manny besides that stupid, like, I used my video powers for good. Yeah, I don't think he cares. (laughs) Like, he's not a good guy. We know this. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like Manny is expected to forgive Peter even though he doesn't do anything to earn forgiveness. Wait, no, she's not. When did they say she has to forgive him? Well, she basically has to accept that her best friend is now dating her enemy. Yeah, but you don't need to forgive him. She can hang out with Emma without hanging out with Peter. Like, she doesn't need to be associated with him. I feel like that's a slippery slope. That, like, how can you trust Emma when she's willingly dating somebody that she knows did you wrong? I think that is a conversation that Emma and Manny have to have, but that they don't. Yeah. 
So I don't think Manny should forget Peter, even if he's dating her best friend. That's not her job. She doesn't owe him anything. Yeah, it's not, but it's what happens essentially. Does she like hang out with him and her, like Emma Taylor? Uh, <laughs> not, not that I can remember. So there really but, isn't much of like a crossover. So they don't need to have forgiveness. Like she just has to work through whatever it is with Emma. But she doesn't because Emma is providing Manny a home. So how are you really going to kind of confront her about that? Especially after she just got out of the hospital. Well, it's not like Emma would kick Manny out for being like, hey, why are you dating this guy? Well, Emma already <laughs> threatened to kick Manny out, so. It's also not Emma's decision. Emma has parents. <laughs> like, Emma can't be like, go out, go away. <laughs> okay, go to okay. homeless shelter. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> no, I don't think Manny has to forgive Peter in order for Emma to date Peter, because obviously Emma doesn't give a shit if Manny forgives him or not. She's going to date him anyway. Yes. So this just kind of proves that Emma's just a shitty friend which we've known, we've known this ever since she was like, I'm gonna date Chris just because he likes Liberty. Like Emma's not a great person. Uh, I still like Emma though. I think she's a good person overall. She has definitely lost her way, I'd say, <laughs> since season four. Since Sean left. Yeah, even, even before that, when she started the Rick campaign. Okay, so she's had two good seasons. <laughs> Which two seasons? One and two. <laughs> That's it. Well, I guess three. Three was okay. Three, she was so shitty to Manny and like had to forgive her in the end. These people were, I don't even know. I think it was because it was too late. Manny already got the abortion at that point. I forget. I, guess I mean, you was... can like whoever you want. I don't know if I'm going to like Emma though. Because uh... Paige has taken her place in my mind. <laughs> Well, I'm just thinking, like, as Emma is growing up, she's kind of losing, like, kind of what made her likable. Like, even though her crusades were a bit misguided at times, you could still see her heart was in the right place. But now she, like, like, she even points out how she's not interested in the environmental club anymore. Yeah, but she also was focusing on something else. That's probably why. Like, she likes to pick something and then, like, run with it. Mm -hmm. And at first it just happened to be political movements. And now it was an eating disorder. I don't know. I mean, overall, Manny and Emma are just like known to be the duo. So yes. they're going to just keep on keeping on. Do you think that they should quit their friendship? Like, do you think it's at that point? Um, I mean, they can't now that Emma is literally hospitalized, kind of like what you said earlier. And Manny's living there. Yeah. Do I think Manny should ditch Emma? Yes, absolutely. I think she should have ditched her like after the abortion thing. Like, I think she should have ditched her a long time ago. I don't, I honestly don't know why Manny is still friends with Emma. <laughs> Do you like, agree? <laughs> is that your silence? I don't know. Like, I'm glad that they're still friends because when they need to support each other, they're very good at supporting each other. 
but it's more like the everyday high school drama that at least Emma is not good at being a friend with that stuff. I guess I'm just thinking of like me and my best friend and we've been friends since seventh, sixth grade and we've had like two fights ever. <laughs> so I don't, and like, I don't know if it's just because it's Becca, shout out to Becca, but like, <laughs> and she's literally the nicest human being on the planet. But I feel like their friendship is not a good role model friendship. Definitely not. <laughs> so yeah I do think I think Manny should have ditched Emma at some point I see I don't know I don't know like I I do love their friendship when it's good so <laughs> I don't I wouldn't want them to completely cut it off but I would also understand if Manny were to do that yes that's I agree I agree with that okay do you have any other points I guess it's kind of good that they ended it on the way with Peter that like he was trying he like stood up and was like I'm going to help Emma because she's my girlfriend and like didn't take a step back and I kind of respected him for it so that was his only like saving grace in my eyes but other than that no I think we we did it all we're done with season five honestly I think I like season four better than season five that's not controversial. <laughs> Is it not? No. Like, how can you beat season four? I thought you I thought you were being sarcastic. And I was like, no, I don't have all the wrong opinions about Degrassi. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I mean, like, it was all right. It wasn't bad. I think Craig made the season a bit more entertaining. And I realized that Peter took his place in being the worst character on the show. So that's why... I think Craig was so likable this season because there is someone so much worse. Was Craig likable this season? I don't think so. Not for you, but for me, definitely. <laughs> also, but then again, Ashley wasn't here. So like great season for that <laughs> reason. <laughs> um, Overall, I would still rank season four above season five. And that's where I sit in my rankings. What about five versus three? Um, that's a tough call. I kind of want to say maybe three, just because I like that Mandy has like more stuff in season three and has, you know, the iconic thong stuff. And how could you, like, it's just, this one is like the actress scene, which of course, you know, I'm going to be a star, like classic, but I do think it goes for me four, three, five, two, one. What about you? probably honestly I appreciated season five a lot more this time like for me I feel like every plot was pretty solid besides Craig (laughs) you just hate Craig so much not it wasn't even because I hate him I just didn't think it was done well just with like him spontaneously leaving and then just the very odd choosing Manny over Ellie out of the blue okay that's fair so I'm going to say three is top so far. Then nice. maybe four equals five. And okay. then and then two, one. Yeah, one stays at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> one, one has its unique charm, though. I don't want to shit on season one too much, but. <laughs> That's fair. It was the first season. I mean, everybody was just happy that it was back. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, so we're finally done with season five. We will be back soon for season six. Yeah, we will. <laughs> so much. Well, actually, does so much happen in season six? We only remember one or two things that actually happen. Um, we get Mia. Yes. We, get, we say goodbye to JT. We get Sean. Yes. For a little bit. A little bit. We get Liberty and Toby. <laughs> There's a lot in season six. <laughs> I don't think it'll be great, but I'm excited. And, and we're starting the college plots. <gasps> True. Okay, so we get Paige and Alex again, round two. We get Dylan and Marco, round two. And we get to decide whether the college plots were worth it or not. Do we get Cocaine Craig? Is this one? Yes, yes. All right, Cocaine Craig. All right, so we got <laughs> we have some stuff to look forward to. And maybe yes. a mini episode in between. Who knows? We'll see what we'll see what we're gonna do. Yes, and also with the end of season five, we've now covered a hundred episodes. Cause seasons one through five is a hundred complete episodes. Look at us. Damn. So the way I kind of view, I guess, the Degrassi eras is that one to five is an era, six to nine is an era, ten to twelve is an era, and that was the first era we did. And then 13 through next class is an era. And of course, 80s to grassy, but. Yeah, so don't worry. We still have a lot more to go. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we're really only about halfway through. <laughs> what, in only, what, a little over a year? Yeah. Looks like we're going to be around for a little bit longer then. <laughs> yeah, so let us know if you got any thoughts or suggestions. We're always looking for things to talk about. There's always so much to talk about with Degrassi. <laughs> yeah, so thanks for listening and we'll see you soon for season six.